What's up, Lady Ballers? Welcome back. We're Soccer Props. And it's game time. All right. What up, Lady Ballers? We have a very special guest on the podcast today, Carson Pickett. Carson now plays for the NC Courage, but she's previously played on Seattle Reign and Orlando Pride. And she was on the FSU team that won the national championship in 2014. So she's an all-around baller, great defender. So we're looking forward to chatting with her today. Lady Ballers, before we introduce this week's guest, we need to tell you about Curex Clepro insoles. The three of us have been wearing them the past six months in our cleats, and we can't even begin to tell you what a difference is made for each of our very different feet. I have plantar fasciitis and cleats typically kill my feet, but Curex insoles have helped reduce plantar pressure for me. And I get all in my head if I feel like I am not well grounded in my shoes and I'm always slipping on the inside of my cleats, but the Curex insoles have helped keep my feet in place during games and it is such a game changer for me. And I always feel like my feet are achy after playing, but since using Curex, my feet are still feeling good even after two hours of training. Check them out for yourself at curex.us. That's C-U-R-R-E-X dot U-S. Or use the link in our bio. We promise you, your feet will thank you. Hi, Carson. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Where okay. are you right now? Um, I am in North Carolina in preseason. Just got done with a hard session, so trying to recover, but it's been tough. They do, yeah. we do a lot of running here, a lot of running. So, but it's good. They're good for a reason. So it's nice. And I never take into consideration, like just how different teams can be. And like, when the end of a cell teams will, will flow around players will flow around to different teams. But I like in my head, I'm like, Oh, they're all just different like versions of the same thing, but you could have a coach that emphasizes running way more. Yeah. So it's a lot more running. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've been on three different teams now and all three coaches have been very different, very good, but very different. So, um, yeah, Paul's awesome. I'm really enjoying getting to know him as a person and as a coach. So I've been loving my time here so far. Yeah, that's great. I was actually fun fact. I was in Paul's wedding. I was, a Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's basically like a dad to me. Like he coached, I, I like played for him when I was younger and I know he he's an awesome coach. Shannon and Alana and I came to a courage practice one time and we got to see him coaching in his element with the professionals. And I was like, he's really just the best. Thing. It was nonstop. So, yes. <laughs> so much banter. I mean, the amount of times he makes fun of you is just, <laughs> just rolls off his tongue, but it's great. Everyone it's knows too it's easy for him to make fun of people. Yes, it? exactly. Exactly. <laughs> It's a good so, balance though. Cause he keeps it where you don't like, there's not too much pressure on you. You're having fun, but you're working so hard at the same time. But. Yeah, I know. Ugh, I love it. Yeah. He's, he just sets really good standards. So everyone knows how to be and how to act and how to train here. So he's awesome. Are you guys getting so excited to just get into it? Yes. I feel like this preseason has obviously been so long, um, and so I think obviously doing so many inner squads and playing college teams and stuff, which is amazing, but it's everyone's itching to play an actual game for sure. Yeah. We yeah. miss, we just like want to go and watch games right now. We miss to watch you guys play. I know us just as much. And I'm sure like all the fans in the area, but are you guys allowed to, do you actually know if you guys are allowed to have fans at the games? Yeah, actually we are having, I want to say like 2000, maybe allowed to oh, come great. so um I'm sure our family obviously will get like first dibs and then after that yeah I'm pretty sure that they're definitely trying to get as many people as they can to come to the games which is so nice yeah I just feel like that extra like crowd noise just 
I don't know. It makes me feel like it's back in the day. Who would have thought like we were like, oh, we'd love fans to be there and it'd be amazing. Like who would have thought that we were thinking that right now? But it's sad playing without them. Mm -hmm. Well, hopefully soon. Hopefully it's back to normal eventually soon. Seriously. (laughs) I do love the North Carolina uh, weather. Yeah, Yeah. I know. I'm like, I'm just like such a baby with a cold because Florida like never gets cold. So I'm used to already being in like the nineties right now. And so when it's like fifties or sixties, I'm like, Oh, it's freezing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. You grew up in in Florida. Yeah, I did. I was born in South Carolina and lived there only for two years and then moved to Florida when I was two and have lived there ever since. And then I went to obviously went to Florida state. So I haven't really left Florida besides going to Seattle. That is amazing. Actually, speaking of, can you tell us a little bit about your like whole recruiting process to Florida State? Yeah. So um, I came from a club team that was like really, really good and had a lot of older players and I was one of the youngest ones. So um, it was really nice. I had like Morgan Bryan on my team and people like that. So it was really nice to be with older players because they had got so much attention coming to games. And so, um, my dad actually was one of my coaches growing up and he became, I don't know how him and Mark met, but they became like actually really good friends. And I think Mark really respected him and my dad would send different players to watch and stuff. So they got sort of a friendly connection and, um, I just felt like Mark was like a second dad, even in the recruiting process. Um, I just felt like he, I would feel comfortable being coached by him, but also like giving me life lessons and things like that. I just felt comfortable um, knowing I'd be in a good place at Florida state, but um, being in such a friendly, fun environment with all my best friends in club, I sort of wanted that experience in college. So um, when I went to Florida state, it was, I mean, I love Florida state, but it is the most, one of the most professional environments I've ever been in, even like, it's just like a pro, a pro environment. And so when I visited, it just didn't feel at first, like super friendly, like everyone's fighting for their spots. And most people who went to Florida state knew they wanted to play professionally. So I just felt like, um, it was like super serious when I went. So I was like, yeah, when I got on campus, I did fall in love with the campus and I love that it was close to home. But um, the environment was like pretty serious. And I was like, okay, like I like that because I do want to play professionally, but I'm still going to look at other places. So I actually looked at Texas and I loved it. Like the girls there um, were awesome, like super welcoming. And that was probably going to be my first choice at first. And then I just personally, in the end, I knew I wanted to be close to my family and my grandparents growing up came to every one of my club games, which we know have as a million club games a year. And they came to like every single one of them. So I um, knew at the end, I wanted to be closer to them. And I knew if I want to play professional, Mark was the coach to do that and to help me get there because he has so many connections in America and then overseas. So Ultimately, that's why I decided on Florida State, but I loved every minute of it there. I was going to say, did it end up becoming more friendly once you finally got there and got to get the feeling for it? Yeah, because I mean, I and I always wondered in the recruiting process, I'm like, people are nice, but you're pretty much looked at like this girl's going to come in and take someone's spot eventually, mm-hmm. like not as a, as a freshman, but everyone who comes in is like sort of a threat. Yeah. And I just couldn't, I'm like, everyone's nice, but like, there's just like a little bit of like, 
not animosity, but like, I don't know, in the recruiting process, because they know that whoever's coming in is going to be like next best, next best, just because that's yeah. how it works. And when I was at Florida State, girls coming in were unreal. And it, you sort of do look at them as a threat. So, um, but once I got there, obviously, the team was amazing. And because it was so professional, I felt like the team really like bonded together to get through those like hard trainings and things like that. It does just- sound like the perfect school for if you want to go to play professionally. Like you don't yeah. have to have that rude awakening when you get to the, like the, the league, you're like already ready for it. Exactly. I honestly, there's a lot of things, speed of play that you just couldn't get compared to the professionals, but things like that. But I felt like I was so prepared going in to my first rookie season. I just knew what to expect. And everyone ahead of me for all four years, or I guess three years were just unbelievable. And they became pros. So I'm like, I'm pretty much playing against professionals um, when they were seniors, because they got drafted within a couple months. How did you mentally grow from when you were a freshman to a senior then? Oh, gosh, my freshman year was absolute shambles. I'm not going to lie. I just, I was like, felt like I was like finally free and just, Oh my gosh, like this big school. And, um, on the field, I was fine, but off the field, um, I didn't like get in trouble or anything, but I'm like, wow. And I went to a really small private school growing up. So to come to Florida state, I was like, Whoa, like there's a lot of big culture shock, (laughs) a massive culture shock. Um, And I think that I was just happy to be there my freshman year. And because so many people at Florida State really don't play much their freshman year, like any minute is a good minute. And I like luckily was playing. I played in every game, probably like half of every game. So I felt like mentally I was just happy to be there at that point. But then as you get older, obviously, after winning the national championship my junior year, um, it just started to hit me. I'm like, this is preparing me for the next level. And I just changed everything. I mean, like food, I think, I mean, let's be honest, your freshman year is a disaster. Going, We always laugh about this. We're like, the things that we would eat before games are, right now, would literally, I I would be curled in the fetal position on the field if I ate the way that I did then. I like some of the stuff that I ate and like some of the pictures I look at, I'm appalled. I'm appalled at myself. I'm like, who let me look like that? Or who (laughs) let me eat that? But yeah, it was a massive culture shock um, coming in, especially like cooking for yourself and you're eating cafeteria food and stuff. It's just, it's gross. Like, let's be honest. It's gross. (laughs) So I think like a lot of those things change um, academically your freshman year. It's being on your own is like a big difference from going from high school where you're, you know, your teachers tell you everything to do. You have assignments every day where then in college, now you have three days in between classes. And I just, it was, it was shambles. It was absolute shambles my freshman year. Um, but I think that changed a lot for me, um, was a lot of stuff off the field, things like, um, nutrition and, um, academics and things like that. Definitely. I remember I, I, they know this story, but I literally broke down crying my eyes out to our trainer one day. Cause I was like, this is so much for me. Like, <laughs> you know, you go from high school to college, you, you yeah. it's a totally different experience. And, and I remember being like, I'm so overwhelmed. I feel like I'm going to throw up with all the homework and then yeah. trying to get into the locker room, like at least twice a day, uh, uh, the athletic center, at least twice a day, like just all this stuff. And it's just a lot of, it's hard, but when you prioritize like certain things, then you end mm-hmm. up like kind of maturing and growing yeah. as you get older and become a senior for yeah. sure. 
Oh my <laughs> gosh. It's like the biggest difference. It's not even, I felt like I didn't even know who I was my freshman year looking yeah. back. I'm like, so what was you, I doing? You guys won a championship, didn't you? Yeah. My junior year we won. Um, it was in South Florida against Virginia and they had like Emily Sonnet who I grew up playing against and Morgan Bryan, Danny Caliprico. They had a stacked team and yeah, we, Jamia Fields hit just a sick shot from far away and it went in and <laughs> that's history obviously, but yeah, it was one of the most amazing. It's probably my favorite, like my favorite soccer memory to date. It was awesome. That is so cool that you got to actually like do that. That's what you go to college to do. And like, yeah. you hit that goal. And yeah. this, I mean, that's just incredible. And then the other question I was just going to ask was, so you said that everyone kind of knew they wanted to play pro yeah. on your team. So did you always want to play pro or was this something that you decided later in your career? Yeah. So I think growing up, we just didn't have like a stable professional league. So I knew I wanted to play, but when you're younger, you don't think about playing overseas. That's like, seems so far away. And I'm just like, I would never leave the country. Looking back, I'm like, I've gone to a million different countries now, but yeah, (laughs) you just didn't, you didn't think about going overseas. So all you were focusing on was like the American league and it was so like up and down and I just felt like it wasn't super stable. So going, growing up, I watched the national team, but I'm like, am I picking a sport that's ultimately going to end after college? And finally, I just felt like the NWSL was like becoming better and becoming more stable. And it really hit me that I was going to be able to play professionally, like even have the chance, whether I make it or not, who knows, but I knew that there was a stable league that was forming. And, um, I think that's when it got really real for me. I was like, there's something that I can do after college. And it's, it's hard to think about not playing soccer when you've played it your whole life. Mm -hmm. And so I, when I thought about going to Florida state, I chose it because of the professional league. And I'm like, well, what if I go to this like really serious university and then I don't get to play professionally because a league folds or something like that. So I just felt like growing up, it was so wishy-washy that I knew I wanted to play, but I just didn't know if I was going to have an opportunity or a league to play in. Mm -hmm. So I did always want to play for sure. How old are you again? 27. So yeah, she's in exactly like that's how we all felt. Yeah. Right. right guys? Yeah. None of our teammates, maybe one or two, like Goody, Nikki Stanton. Yeah. Um, she was on our team. She, her and like, I don't even know. I think she was it. The only person that really figured out that she wanted to play pro and everyone else was like, I don't know. We don't get paid that much. Yeah. Like, at yes. Time. But now so much has changed. So I just feel like you made such a good move because like now you're in it where it's really growing so well and it is, it's just only going to get better from here. I know. I think about my experiences so far and I just think it's really cool. I've had amazing experiences, but I think it's really cool that we're paving the way for a lot of younger players to have a sick experience in the NWSL. And I think that's really cool. I feel like it's one less soccer problem. Like the girls who are younger, who are in high school now and middle school, they're hopefully they never have this problem where they're like, right. going to be a yeah. league. This is a possibility for me. Yeah, and no, for you, sure. It, it's really cool. You you're part of history and you're paving the way. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> it's true. It is. <laughs> it is really cool. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, I felt like my rookie year and maybe my, the next year after that, I was just, again, happy to be here. Um, but now again, it's hit me that I can be a part of something so big and amazing for the future athletes and the future soccer players. Awesome. And speaking of like doing things like big things, um, we actually wrote a blog about, um, that Nike cleat that you were a part of 
So yeah. About that. That was so cool. Yes. I would love to talk about it. I'm obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nike just in general, I just have to say like, they're just so on their game with everything. Like they are coming up with like the newest technology to make these new boots. And I just think that as a company, they're just incredible, the things that they're doing. And, um, I've never thought about, because I grew up, my parents were never wanted me to feel different. That's just how I grew up. Um, and I feel like there's two ways to go about it. I know a couple families who want their kid to know that they're different and reach out to people who are like them. Well, when I was growing up, we didn't have a lot of technology. So it's not like you could message Instagram, DM someone who, you know, had the same arm as you or whatever in my case. Um, So my parents just didn't want me to think I was different and wanted me to think that I could do everything else that everyone with two hands could. And um, so I've never I've been able to tie my shoes since I was so young that I didn't even think it was a problem. Like I just would have never thought and I'm living through it. So the Mm -hmm. fact that Nike has thought of something that, you know, they're not really they have to most of them have two hands. I mean, it's crazy that they thought about that. And I didn't even think about it myself. So when they called me, um, my agent reached out to me and said, Nike wants to um, introduce you to this new boot and they want you to be a part of it. And I just was like beaming. Like I, I just thought it was the coolest thing. Um, again, not for myself, but for so many young kids who, and let's be honest, like even with two hands, when you're little, you can't tie your shoes very well. Yeah. And especially, <laughs> yeah. And especially not when you're playing like a five V five little game and stuff like no kid wants to stop. You see every kid come off the field with their shoes untied. Yeah. So I just think that, um, it was really cool that it was, they involved me because I do have one hand and I have struggled with that before, but I just think because they're so inclusive that it pertains to two handed people just as much as one handed kids. So, um, yeah, they called me and I got to do an interview with them and they sent me boots and, um, I tried them and I played with them for a little and got to train with them. And I just told them a couple things that I thought could be better. And the coolest part is that they listened and I think that, Love that they could have easily just involved me just to, because I'm a Nike athlete, but the fact that they truly listen, like, it's just incredible. And I think that that was honestly the coolest part about it is that when you're a part of the Nike family, you feel like, you know, you're heard and all your things that you're telling them to improve, like they actually listen to you. And I just think that was amazing. So it was really fun. Um, they just sent me boots for professionals because the academy, obviously the academy material is a lot different than what we play with, but they just sent me a sick pair for professionals. So I think that we're going to start, um, being able to allow professionals to play it and it'll be good enough for professionals to play in. That's awesome. You brought up such an interesting thing too, that, that when you were a kid, it wasn't, it wasn't the ease of connecting with other people didn't exist. It literally didn't. I know, which is so crazy. Right. Because right now, like, if I want to, I want to find someone that has this interest, I, in five minutes, I could find a a Facebook group or or something with people with similar interests or similar problems. And do you feel now, like with the way that it's so easy to connect with people that you have people reaching out to you and DMing you because they, they feel represented by you and they feel understood by you. Yeah. Yeah. My parents like love them to death, but they're just now understanding Instagram and things like that. So (laughs) are any parents (laughs) seriously, I'm like, mom, you need to put it on your story. Now your post, like whatever. Mm -hmm. So yeah, growing up, like we literally didn't have that opportunity. And, 
um, the little boy I met, obviously Joseph, the one from Orlando, um, they reached out on social media and that's literally how they connected with me at first. And I just think social media, I have a lot of different thoughts about it, but most of the time I feel like it's a good thing because finally people can look and and even if it's not talking to people, it's seeing pictures of people doing amazing things that have the same Mm -hmm. arm as you or same leg as you and things like that. So the fact that we can now DM someone from Egypt or whatever is just incredible to me. And I think the coolest thing about that is I've gotten to see a lot of messages from other countries and the fact that that picture reach people in literally like Indonesia, Egypt, Greece, like the places I've seen people reach out to me is just like so cool. And I think that that was the best part of social media is just being able to see um, how you can impact and positively impact different people. And a lot of them haven't been people with one arm. They've been someone like missing a leg or someone who's completely fine and just saying, um, you know, you motivate me in, in my life. And I just think that's really cool for social media. I love that. It's, and it's, it's probably equally as cool for you to, you know, just feel like you're connecting with, with people just by existing and (laughs) doing what you do and kicking ass playing soccer. Like, like, that's so cool. I I just really think that's so awesome. Cause that picture of course was seen by everyone, but it, it just, continue to drive the point home where if you see it, then you can believe it and you can dream it for yourself too, which is just so great. Yeah. Like you make it known that it is so possible to do amazing things and to achieve all these things that you've achieved (laughs) because it's, it is rare to, you know, to see someone with a missing limb. So when people are like, are having that, they just feel, I feel isolated that most likely. Right. So just seeing you doing that and then connecting with others, it just must be so empowering and amazing. So did we see you're an advocate for limb difference awareness? Yeah. So I work with a couple of different companies um, and I just speak at a couple, like right now it's all zoom, but mm-hmm. I speak um, at lucky Finn is someone I've worked with really close and that's really cool. I just think there's a lot of young kids in that one because her daughter um, is probably 13 now. So there's a lot of kids that are younger. So um, I've gotten to connect with a lot of parents, which I think right now, I mean, these younger kids don't understand like everything about having like one arm. They really don't. But the parents like are seeing it like first, firsthand, um, the parents are seeing it and they're, I think that's really hard for parents, especially I know for my parents having two hands and trying to teach your daughter how to do things with one arm. And my dad literally would watch YouTube channels to help me like put up my hair and stuff. And I think that that can be really frustrating for parents because they don't know how to help. And so I think that when I talk to a lot of parents, it really helps them because I can explain to them how to help their child tie their shoes because it's hard for kids to understand at this point. So, um, I've connected with a lot of parents and I think so far that's been like one of the coolest things is because you can have a mature conversation back and forth um, and they can ask honest questions that kids would never ask. Yeah. When I was a rookie and at Florida state a little, I, when we went to the college cup, you'd obviously be, they would take players to interview. And since then, since college and going into my rookie season, I would get interviewed and it would consistently be about my arm. And I just, I remember like, calling my mom and I'm like, I just want to be interviewed as like a good soccer player. Like yeah. I don't want it to involve my arm. And 
it was, that was really hard for me to get over. Um, because I always felt singled out where my parents taught me that I'm just like everyone else and that I can do what anyone else can do. So I will say to begin with, I was very bitter, um, towards different people and reporters asking me about my arm and, um, my rookie season, I met a young girl and I remember, you know, your rookie season, you're not fully comfortable yet with your team. Like there's a lot of good players surrounding you and you don't want to be like the center of attention. And I remember, um, this young girl reached out to the club and I, they were like, we, she, she would like to come to training. Like, would you mind meeting her? And of course, like I didn't mind, but I'm like, Oh, like, why does it just have to be me? Like, why can't she, why can't people want to come see us or me for being just a good soccer player? Mm-hmm. And I remember in that moment, the second I saw her, my mindset like completely switched. And I was, I finally realized like what my purpose was. And for so long, I just only cared about soccer. I wanted to be the best I could be. Um, of the best left back, like everything only to do with soccer. I never wanted to be anything outside of that. And I think in that moment, I, it, my mindset was like, it's crazy. I can remember the day I met her and it just switched. And I realized that there's so much more, um, to the game and and into life than just being a good soccer player. And since then, I feel like I've started to become more of an advocate um, for limb difference. And, um, that was a really cool switch for me because now I soccer is amazing and I love it, but there's so much more to life for me and to be able to impact other people outside of soccer is honestly what my purpose is for sure. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. And I'm a firm believer that you like, sometimes you feel like you're going through hell and you're struggling so much and you might get the short end of the stick, but like, you're going through that for a reason. And actually when you come out on top of it, you can actually help others go through the same situation as you. So I feel like it truly does give you that, like you're speaking from experience, you're passionate about it and you want to help others the way that it's, you know, you've helped yourself. It's so important what you're doing. And it's just so cool that, I don't know that like, you're making it more inclusive. Like you were saying, Nike's making it more inclusive. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Trying my best. So Hopefully I can continue to do that in a positive way. I have a, I have a random question. What is your biggest failure and how did you overcome it? Um, hmm. Oh, that's a good question. No one's ever asked me that. Um, I know we like to, ha- we like to highlight the fails. That's yeah. Good. <laughs> no, <laughs> girl sure. So um, growing up, we had ODP and that was just like all the best players coming together and getting picked and, Um, I remember that it was A, B, and C. So they literally sat there after two or three days and called your number out for A, the A team, B team, and C team. And I just remember I went down there with people like Morgan Bryan, um, Kylie Torres, like a lot of my really good friends who went to play at really good colleges. And me and another girl got on the C team and um, they were all on the A team and we're all the same club team. So you want to feel like you're just as good as them. And the fact that we were on the C team and they were on the A team, like we couldn't even make the B team just like, was like gut, gut wrenching for me. And as a soccer player, and when you're like 13 and 14, like that's a really big deal. That is so, that is, I, coaches don't under the way that that can negatively or positively impact a kid's brain forever like yeah. you think about it, you are playing in the professional league right now and I ask you about one of your biggest failures and your brain goes back to when you were 13 yeah 
the oh, whole A team B team thing, I think, is the it's such torture. Oh my god, please seriously, kids. I can't I'm even like, still remember who was on the A and B team. Like, I can remember my friend, yeah, both. yeah. like that's so weird and like I, ridiculous. No, yeah, I'm like, could we maybe like email the results, not scream? Yeah. <laughs> I know it's like public humiliation. I know, and I'm like looking around, like, I'm like, well, the yeah. red team, yellow team, blue team. <laughs> seriously oh my god it's just so frustrating but yeah and literally when you're 13 and 14 let's be honest I didn't actually care about me as a soccer player I was like not oh man like I need to get better I was like no my friends got to make it and I didn't and it's more of like a life thing at that point you're embarrassed like you want to be perceived as the best yeah yeah and you're training with like players who like you think maybe you're better than, or maybe you're not as good as, and I just feel like that whole process in general is just really hard. Um, but the coolest thing I got out of that, that's not your question, but that's probably one of my biggest failures that I remember. But speaking on that, um, that same weekend, one of my friends didn't make a team at all. And my dad had drove the five of us down there. So if you made the team, you stayed an extra day. And if you didn't, you went home. So my dad drove my friend. It was just him and her home to drop her off because she didn't make a team. And he's like, I just remember her sitting there just like bawling. And and he's like, I just didn't know what to say because, you know, you guys had all made a team and things like that. And she literally just didn't make a team and she was going home. So on the flip side of that, I think also I got to realize like how lucky I was to actually make a team. So to turn it into something positive, um, I think obviously things happen, but you have to be grateful for anything you actually can achieve because some people don't get that opportunity. Yeah. And I think you're a a wonderful example of like an in the moment decision or an in the moment statement of what team you're on. It did not define you for the rest of your career. Cause then, and you know, it's when you're at that age, it feels like the universe (laughs) like is like around that. Yeah. Yeah. But when you realize like that, that is an in the moment, all right, that's who I am now. And that's not what I'm going to be forever. Right. I know. So yeah, exactly. And like the petty part of me is like, Oh, well, I got to go to a cooler college, like not even about soccer. I'm like, well, the person on the A team didn't go to a cool college. So (laughs) I'm like, okay, get over it. You were 13. (laughs) But yeah, I know. So things like that, I just feel like um, club soccer in general has taken a bit of a turn and um, the ODP process and things like that. But I think that it's good to get coaches in there and people who have played and had those failures to be able to realize and change the game and to not allow 13 years. 13 year olds to be like so sad for weeks and weeks and weeks because they didn't make a certain team. So, so what, what would your, what would your advice to 13 year old you be? Continue just to work hard and just to, to take your opportunities. Like for me, I finally realized, obviously I'm a lot older now, but I would say like, if you get the opportunity to play soccer, you can become better. Like, it doesn't matter who you're around. It doesn't matter who's coaching you. It doesn't matter what team you're on. Like if you get the opportunity to do something you love, you need to just do it the best you can and just enjoy every minute of it. And I think that the 13 year old me would never think that I'd be like, well, that's stupid. I didn't make the A team. Like that's dumb advice. But like now looking back, I would just say like the fact that you were on a team and got the opportunity to do something you love is just really special. Every environment has something to teach you. It's so true. Honestly, it's so true. I went to Cyprus in the off season and it was um, not what we had expected. And um, it was a little bit lower of 
um, training environment and stuff. And finally I went with Havana salon, which she's now on the courage and Cassie Miller, who's on Chicago. And I think finally we realized that like, no matter what we need to get better each day, whether that's doing things on our own or just doing a one touch pass when normally you'd make me take a touch, like just little things like that. I just feel like you can grow, you can grow in any environment and you just have to have it within yourself. I love that so much. Um, great advice. So do you have enough time to do just some quick fire, uh, quick, what do you call it? Rapid Rapid fire. fire. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Well, it's rapid. So I have some time. I'm not good. I'm not good at it, but I'll try my best. (laughs) We aren't either. It's okay. (laughs) Okay. What's your favorite pump up song? Oh gosh. Get low. Um, do you have any planning superstitions? I always tie my left shoe before my right shoe. Favorite pregame meal or postgame meal? I love bagels with peanut butter, honey, and banana. Ooh, a bagel with peanut butter. I have to say some New York bagels, though. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I would die. I Literally, the amount of bagels I have each day is, it's like not okay. But (laughs) I did get one from a really good bakery here, and I swore I would never go back to, like, the normal brands in the grocery store. So We're going to get your address to send you some gear so I can send you some bagels, too. (laughs) Throw a dozen bagels in there. I love that. It's going to be happy. By the time he got them, they would be like almost unfrozen. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. Um, Your favorite teammate to travel with? Um, It's been Havana Salon. I just got to go to Cyprus with her and things like that. And we were on the same team in Seattle. And then she got traded. And five years later, we're finally back on the same team. So she's very different for me. She is wakes up in the morning, does crosswords. I wake up and go on social media. <laughs> um, she's really healthy. I'm not health, super healthy. So I just think the balance is just really cool. <laughs> That's so funny. Who's your favorite teammate to play with? Currently, I would say um, Dabinia is really fun to play with just because she's incredible. Um, the fact that you, I, I feel like I would let her score over let her letting her Meg me. Cause she like is the queen of Megs. So I think right now, yeah, I really like her. I love playing with Denise Sullivan too. I know that's two, but, um, she's awesome and she's just really freaking good. So I love watching her play. Um, teammate that makes you laugh the most, um, be yourself like too. <laughs> oh, uh, I am sarcastic, but, um, I would say, Taylor Smith. Um, I feel like she's always just super silly and always just brings some kind of humor to situations. I love it. Favorite team to watch play. I love watching Liverpool. Um, their outside backs and wing backs are just incredible. And I love just, I love watching really good teams that have this really good players in my position. So yeah, right now, well, maybe not right now. They're not amazing <laughs> right now, but, um, for the most part, Liverpool. Did you bond with Paul over that yet? Uh, yeah, I, okay. yes, I know. I learned yeah. that very early and yeah. I'm like, oh, it's going to seem like I'm like sucking up, but I really like them. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's obsessed. He's on a new level though. I'm like, yeah, his, his old basement was like a shrine <laughs> of Liverpool players. It was insane. That- soccer ball chairs. <laughs> like, I wish I had a picture. I don't know if he still has it. <sighs> Like in that's incredible house, <laughs> oh my god if you have a picture i need to see it i know I'll, I'll see if i can find one like um, we end practice early so we can watch so everyone can watch 
<laughs> he's like, all right, on the clock, Liverpool's playing at 1230. So <laughs> it's crazy. I love it. What's uh, your favorite stadium to play in? I love playing in Portland. I just think the, the atmosphere and the amount of um, people they get and fans they get at games is unreal. And I yeah. think even if they're booing you, it's still a really cool environment. <laughs> it's fun to watch any game there. Oh, my God. Yeah, I love it. exactly. Yeah, it's incredible. If you didn't play soccer, what would you want to do for a career? Um, my second dream is being a ESPN sports reporter. So, um, I did it still happen. (laughs) Yes, I know. I know still potentially could happen, but I did a couple, um, communication things in college where our communications director allowed me to like interview the baseball team and things like that, just to get some kind of experience. Um, I have a lot of different things I'd like to do, but that's probably my favorite. Yeah. There's so many players too now that like just retired who are doing that. So you have all these players that you can reach out to, to see if, see if they like it and you know pick their brain. yeah tons of connections Incredible. that's so true yeah for sure all right and last question then we'll wrap it up uh what is your biggest soccer girl prop oh i just like can't get past fitness tests so yeah. I, <laughs> I think like i was talking to my roommate the other day and we walked out because like every monday we do some kind of we're supposed to do some kind of running uh-huh. and um every day we walk out on a monday we're like uh what's set up we look at the field i'm like what are we about to die at <laughs> i hate that feeling that was uh, that was first in college spring session every morning you, we had to show up at, and i was just like what what's going to be dealt to us today <laughs> literally it's day. like it's yeah. You get like actual anxiety. Yeah. And she said in the car on the way to training, she goes, isn't it like a little funny slash ridiculous that we're like 27 and still worried about still. <laughs> I'm I'm like, it's the same thing to expect every time. Like, you know, it's going to be hard. Yes. You just can't get, and you know, you're going to get through it. You're going to survive. <laughs> yes, exactly. But- I know. And I will yeah. say Carrie, um, Ricaro, uh, one of my teammates, a couple of the girls were like worried about the fitness. She's like, ha- and I was like, that's such a silly question, but it's so true. She's like, have you ever died? Like, have you ever died at doing like the beat test? <laughs> and the girls are like, well, I mean, no, she's like, exactly. You'll get through it. And it sort of like hit me. I'm like, oh, that's actually so true. Like you're going to get through it. It's just not going to be very fun. It's just not yeah. going to be fun. <laughs> no. And we, we lift at this place called athletic lab here and they have a lot of younger players in and out. So we were lifting the other day. And this kid, this probably like 13 year old was preparing for something. And we heard the beep that everyone oh. knows about. And we all looked, turned and looked and like got so much anxiety and he was doing the beep test. <laughs> oh. And I'm like, you all have PTSD. It's not, exactly. It's like, never going to go away. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> I'll literally hear that beep for the rest of my life. <laughs> But yeah, that's probably my biggest one for sure. That is so funny. Well, Carson, thank you so much for coming on. This has been amazing. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Sorry. I was so all over the place. We don't really know our schedule very, very much in advance, but I really appreciate you guys having me. It's been awesome. Awesome. Oh and God. we'll follow up. We'll get your address and we'll send you some stuff and some bagels. Yeah. I will eat them and put them in the package. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Okay. All right. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.